Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers by teachers and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen and today, like every day, I am joined by Yvette Prashoglian and Linda Lazenby, members of the Technology for Learning team. Did you know that every year around the start of December, millions of teachers and students across the globe celebrate Computer Science Education Week? Many schools mark the occasion by completing an hour of code, building interest, excitement, and opening the window of possibility. This key future skill is the basis for so many of the things we love, we use, and we couldn't do without every day. Self-driving cars, smartphones, apps, websites, and podcasts, just like this one, rely on amazing, creative, and talented people who can turn our ideas into techno reality. So we here at the virtual staff room thought we need to celebrate too and inspire you and your students to get thinking computationally. So today we speak with someone who makes this magic happen each and every day and also pack your bag full of coding and computer science resources you can use tomorrow. Have you heard of telepresence? Think Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, iPad on a Segway, and you will not be far off. And these amazing devices are zooming around classrooms, zoos, hospitals, conferences, and more, providing the opportunity for a whole new form of virtual connection that we have never seen before. But how do they work? How are they built? What are the opportunities they provide now and into the future? As we celebrate Hour of Code, it is the perfect time to take a dive and see how the power of code for good and how it can impact positively on our world. So to do that, today here in the virtual staff room, we are joined by one of the founders and chief product officer of one of the most innovative telepresence robotic companies in the world, Omni Labs. Tingzi Tan, welcome to the virtual staff room. Hi, everybody. Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining us this morning. Tingzi, for many of our listeners, this might be the first time they've heard of telepresence. Can you give us more information about what telepresence is? Yeah, of course. That's a good question. Um, telepresence, in short, is basically communication and presence at a distance. So we're all familiar with the first part. The first part is communication at a distance. What does it mean? It's the video calls, right? Everybody knows FaceTime, Zoom. We are very familiar with all these tools, you know, in the past two years. <laughs> and what does the video call do? It allows you to easily see or hear another person that is far away, right? All in real time. So now you add presence to it. And you're not just seeing and hearing somebody, but you're actually feeling like you are in that space, right? You're with that person in that space. So this is what we call telepresence. And there are many ways to enable the telepresence experience. So it could be as simple as, you know, placing multiple cameras or directional microphone in a room to enhance a regular video call experience. Or it could be something more elaborate, like projecting a live scene through your VR headset to feel that, you know, you're right there, you know, in that, in that remote space location. Um, in our case at OmniLabs, we are using robotics. So we are doing you know, actuators, sensors, motions, um, interactions. We are using robotics to enable the telepresence experience. 
the power of telepresence is just awesome, Tingsy. Um, there are so many opportunities for it out there in the world. I mean, it's not just for students who can't attend school. I mean, that's the capacity we're starting to see it in here in New South Wales. But can you tell us about what some of those other opportunities are for telepresence? You know, it has been very apparent, especially in the past two years, you know, with the COVID pandemic and all that, that we feel increasing need, you know, to be, to be somewhere else other than at home be it for school, be it for work or for leisure. So telepresence presents the opportunity for us to be anywhere at any time, virtually, of course. And, you know, imagine using telepresence, you can attend a conference on the other side of the world without the hassle of traveling, right? Or you can go to the office while being at home tending to a sick child. So all these really cool use cases um, is sort of enabled by telepresence. You know, imagine playing with <laughs> rocks on the moon, right, while sitting on your sofa. You know, this is not so far off. This is not science fiction at all. We know that scientists are like controlling the Mars rover from their home during the COVID lockdown when they can't go to the office. So this is what telepresence enables, right, for you to be anywhere at any time. It's so exciting, you know, these opportunities that it presents. I think it just blows my mind. And every time I, you know, I chat with someone, they've come up with another idea or another use case. But I suppose, you know, in classrooms, in education, there are some really specific use cases. And with your experience, Singzi, I'm wondering if you might be a be able to tell us about how telepresence is changing the face of education. And do you have any stories that can really warm all of our listeners' hearts? Well, I mean, let's go back to what telepresence is, right? The heart of telepresence is to provide an immersive virtual experience into a physical space. So, you know, we know that learning is best done when we provide an immersive and engaging environment. And video calls just doesn't cut it anymore because we know I mean, in the past two years, right, where we have, you know, kids have, having to learn from, uh, from home. You know, when you put someone, you, when you put a kid in front of a camera, and you make them sit through a class, it's not, that is not only tedious for the teacher, but it's also negatively impacting the child's education. And this is not happening just from the K to 12 level, right? It's happening at the tertiary level as well. You know, we have all read reports about college students performing badly when in-person cl in classes are taken away, right, or are canceled. At Omnilabs, we see telepresence as a way to transform education in 2021 and beyond, right? We believe that if hybrid learning, if blended learning is here to stay, then telepresence not only provides access to learning, but also enhances the learning experience when, you know, in-person learning is not possible. So, I mean, the key here is the engagement, right? When we have telepresence providing the engagement that's needed for a student to thrive in the hybrid learning kind of environment. So, you know, it's very interesting that you asked about um, a heartwarming story. If you go to our blog post, there's so many stories, right, that how, how telepresence have helped kids around the world. But one of it that really stuck with me was with one of our earliest customers. So this is a story where uh, we have a family with a seven-year-old child that has this um, spinal muscular atrophy and is unable to attend school in person. You know, when we first brought the Omni robot, into market back in 2017, they, they were like the first people that bought the robot from us. So it was um, very impressionable for me. And you know, after a while, we noticed that they were using the robots quite frequently. So we decided to do like a user interview. And 
there's this one thing that they said, they said during the interview that really stuck with me all these years. It was that our product had allowed their child to interact with other kids at school and feel normal, right? While that statement is so powerful to me and it just stuck with me all these years. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that makes me get up every day to go to work. Um, gosh, I love that. I can see why that would stick with you for so long when we think about children and their ability to learn from home is one thing, but to connect with their peers and their teachers without that telepresence included is something different. So um, it's it's fantastic, the work that's happening. I know uh, any listeners interested um, having a look at Omni Labs and what the different robots are that you offer would be really interested. Can you talk us a little bit about how you customise the robots for different uses and what your engineering process looks like based on the needs you might have? Mm, yes, so we are able to, you know, due to our unique manufacturing technique, we are able to customise specifically the colour and the height of the robot. You know, those are done during manufacturing. And, there, you know, aside from the colour and the height of the robot, there are other attachments that we can um, hook onto the robot. So, for example, we have this um, hanger attachment. So, imagine a hanger that you can hook onto the robot. And, th- and this is very popular with kids because, you know, now you can make the robot look like anyone. You can make it look like a superhero. And then whoever calls into the robot, you know, takes on that persona. So, it's a very fun thing, you know, for kids, you know, in school or, you know, for sick kids in the hospital and so on. The engineering process for making a custom robot um, in this case is pretty straightforward because the color change is simple, right? Because we 3D print a lot of parts on the robot. So, you know, and so those those robots that needs to be customized can be made to order. And, you know, as long as we find the correct color filament, you know, that we can print it, we can make it into almost any color that you want. Um, the height is also not a problem because the actual part that controls the height is just like a brush aluminum tube that we can cut it easily. So all this thing is actually by design, right? Like we went and designed this product in such a way that we can make this customization easily. Now, Tingzi, because this is an audio experience, I'm wondering if you could just tell people and describe to the listeners what the robots look like. Um, because sometimes mm-hmm. people, even when I'm talking to teachers about them, they just can't quite figure it out without seeing the object. Obviously, everyone's going to race out to the website after this and take a look. But just yeah. give us an idea of the overall design because it is so cleverly done and it has the capacity to make such an impact for a student that may be using that robot. It would be great if you could just paint us a little picture and, I mean, just hearing those customizable aspects of the robots is fascinating too. So, yeah, just paint a picture for us if you could. Absolutely. Imagine a tablet right, a 10-inch tablet attached to a pole and the pole attached to a movable base with three wheels. That's the basic structure of the robot. I know it sounds simple, but there's a lot of technology that goes behind enabling this. So now you imagine a robot with a 10-inch tablet on wheels coming down the hallway and whoever is controlling the robot is actually on the screen of this robot, right? So this robot basically becomes that person. It becomes an extension of that person in that physical space. So now imagine you're on a video call, but you don't just see and hear whatever's on the other side, but you actually have the added degree of freedom to move in that space and to explore that space. And this makes it the immersive experience, right? For you to have that extra degree of freedom to go around in that space and choose to go to anywhere that you that you want to. So that one 
difference makes it a huge difference in experience because now you, the, the person that is driving the robot has control, right? Imagine if somebody is, if you are calling into a video on somebody's phone, that person, you, you rely on that person to bring you around to show you what they want, they want you to see, what they want you to hear. But because you are controlling the movement of the robot, the movement of the cameras, you can go anywhere you want. And that added freedom, you know, adds to the immersive telepresence experience. Oh, gee, it is, it is such empowering technology. And, and hearing the, the way you produce them, how they can be customised with colour and size, you know, to meet user needs, it's, um, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty, you know, astounding product uh, and something that's a little bit anti to the way we mass produce uh, so many things today. But, but it isn't just the physicality of the robot, is it, Tingzi? It's, it's all about the stuff that's under the skin of the robot. And from, you know, the driver's side and, and the coding and the circuitry that goes into the telepresence robot. Uh, tell us all about it. What's under the hood? You can imagine, right, building a robot is a huge undertaking, right? You're working on all levels of the technology stack. Right, so we are talking about everything from the motor drives, the battery charging circuits, to programming drivers, to programming graphics, to working in the operating system, to working and developing user applications. And it is likely one of the most complex projects that touches both hardware and software skills that anybody could get into. You know, it's unlikely that anyone that is working on a robotics project is doing it on a solo basis. So this is, this is even true, you know, in our early days when we are developing prototypes, you know, we have different people with different skill sets working on each component. And today the company has scaled and it's the same way with development. We have a team working on Megatronics, which is the mechanical system, the electrical circuitry of the robot. You know, we have a team working on firmware, right? Which is the drivers and the interfaces, the software interfaces between the hardware and the operating system. Then we have an application layer, which works on the user experience on both the robot and the web. And finally, we have what we call an infrastructure team that basically manages all the backend system, right? That hosts and run the telepresence workload in the cloud. It is a big team, you know, to, to be able to support a seemingly simple product like this. It, it might seem like a very simple product to you, but it most certainly doesn't to us, and especially for teachers that might have the ability to use them in their classrooms too. You know, many of us are using apps and interfaces like what Omni offers uh, every day. And can you tell us about how you and your team iterate, prototype, and then design the user experience and develop that interface to suit the needs of those using it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good question. And it, you know, it, it all boils down to what I do day in and day out with product design. So it always starts with an assumption, right? So we have a hypothesis about how certain features may enhance user experience. It always starts from there. And where does this assumption come from? It can originate from user interviews, from customer feedback, you know, from analyzing market trends and so on. But basically we start with the assumption, right? And this starts what we call the product discovery or the feature discovery phase, right? We develop a prototype, right? We have an idea, we, de we develop a prototype or what we call an MVP, right? Minimum viable product. So I say product here, but it could be a feature in the product, right? We develop this feature. And then once we have the prototype, we'll put it in front of people, 
that we think will use the feature, right? So people like um, the, the ones that give us the feedback, the ones that we interview, or the segment of users that we identify that may benefit from this new feature, and we just put it in front of them, and we measure their engagement. After we get that feedback from the testing, we will go back into the development phase, right? We go back into the development process. And this just happens you know, over and over again, as many times as needed, until we are fairly sure that our assumptions are right. So either our assumptions are right, that a feature like this or a variation of a feature like this will enhance user experience or the assumption is wrong. And then you know, we'll just uh, abandon, the, abandon the idea. The, the trick here is to make sure that this feedback loop right between development, testing, feedback, this, this loop is as short as possible. Wow, I mean, that is incredibly agile and responsive and uh, very cool insight into how you really understanding the needs of, of your users. And I mean, just give us a sense, Tingzi, of how, many, how big your team is and a little bit about the OmniLabs team. It's sounding like a very interesting group of people working there. Right now, we have about 50 people split between two offices, one in the Silicon Valley, San Jose, which is where our headquarters is. And we have a second office, our satellite office in, um, in Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City. So the, the team is being split up in a way that, you know, for product development specifically, a lot of the mechatronics R&D is happening in our Silicon Valley office. And we have another team of about 15 engineers, you know, on the Vietnam side that's dealing a lot with user applications and, you know, uh, back-end uh, infrastructure and so on. Well, it is complex, isn't it? Every company, uh, you know, that begins these days, you, you begin with an idea, but then once you start to expand that idea out, there are so many different facets to business uh, that need to be taken into account and to development. And it's so exciting with technologies like Zoom. It facilitates, you know, oh, like OmniLabs, what am I talking about? Like OmniLabs, mm -hmm. facilitate and make these um, these connections, you know, so 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 possible. And and I guess that brings us to the next point, Tingzi. And that's a little bit about your journey. We want to know a little bit about you, and and we've done some research. <laughs> we've done it. We've done some research. We have, and we found out that you've worked in you know fields and industries that are as disparate from jewelry to retail, as well as a stint as a weapons officer. But you've always come back to that power of code and the power of technology. Can you tell us from your really varied and, and disparate experiences, how does code impact on, on every part of our daily life? <laughs> I'm not sure if all my previous <laughs> adventures are all, you know, leveraging like the power of code. You know, I just like to try many different things, especially in my younger days. Um, but yes, absolutely. Like knowing how to code or at a minimum, you know, have some understanding about the process of what coding is, is extremely important, right? You know, I, I cannot imagine, or I don't think anybody can imagine today that there's any industry or any businesses that doesn't have to use code, right? So imagine just having a website that's code. So everything is based around it. And if you think about it, you know, as we progress into a society where robots are replacing the manual labor, Right, the next level of what, what is the next level of essential skills that people need in order to thrive, right? That's basically knowing how to program this robot. So <laughs> in some sense, you know, learning how to code and understanding what coding is is extremely important. You know, I I, I was I was still like I would like to bring up, right? You know, when people think about coding and all that, you know, you need to be very inclined to um, stamp, right? So like it's, you don't need to be a STEM-oriented student to understand coding, right? It's, it's 
is a skill that can be learned by anyone, just like making a good presentation, right? This is a skill that can learn by anyone. So I'll encourage everybody to, you know, explore this area and learn about what coding is, even if you are not doing the day-to-day -day actual programming, just being able to understand the process, what it is, it will help, you know, greatly in, in all aspects of your life. And it goes without saying that what you do every day with technology isn't um, something very low level. So I'm interested as to what inspires you to do something so impactful with your skills and with technology? You know, unlike many young engineers today, I didn't actually start learning coding at five or six years old, right? I, the, my first coding class was in university, my first year in university, and I took an introduction to programming as part of my math degree. And the first thing that I learned was Java. So, and for some reason, I was pretty good at it, but it was the first time that I, you know, actually touch anything that has to do with programming or computer code. But then it just sort of evolved from there. You know, I liked it. You know, many years down the road now, I had an opportunity to, you know, work as a software engineer um, in a networking startup in the Silicon Valley. And that's where, you know, I continue to practice my technical chops. And the most important thing is, you know, during my tenure at this networking startup, I met one of my co-founders for Omnilabs. And of course, the rest is history. And, you know, it's people like that people around me that really inspires me, especially my co-founders, because they are all very altruistic people. And just being around them makes me think more about what I can do with my skills. What a time to be at Omnilabs. I mean, we've got such an interesting world that we live in at the moment. We can see the potential that it's having, the impact it has on students um, within our, our pilot schools. Tingzi, what's next? What's what can you see happening in 2022 and beyond for, for Omnilabs mm -hmm. and telepresence? You know, in, in terms of telepresence, right, of course, you know, we see an explosion in the use of this technology and we believe that it's going to be, you know, even wide, more widely adopted in 2022 and beyond. At Omnilabs, we'll continue to refine the telepresence experience, right? There's a couple of cool, there's, there's many cool things that we plan to do things like integrate autonomy features into the robot to help with navigations. You know, we are exploring VR, AR integration with the robot to provide a more immersive experience. You know, we are looking at um, actuators, robotic arms with tactile feedback, right? So that you can um, <laughs> feel the world, right? Feel um, the space, not just see, look and move. So there's all, all these cool things that's happening on the telepresence side. And of course, at Omnilabs, you know, we are continuing to develop new technology and products. And one of the exciting things that's happening this year is um, we just introduced a new product called the OmniClean UV Disinfection Robot. So as the name suggests, right, this is the robot. This is basically a robot that autonomously roams any space and kill bacteria and viruses by blasting them with like high-powered UV lights. So, the, the, the interesting tidbit here is that although this robot is not a telepresence robot, it uses many of the core modules that we developed over the years for Omni. Right? So this is all part of our development strategy, right? to continue developing all these modular components that can be reused and repurposed for different robotic platforms and applications. And I encourage everyone, if you have the time, go to our website, you know, check out our Omni Clean product. It's really cool. It looks like a lightsaber. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> 
Oh, gee whiz, that that does sound fantastic. And what a what a what a message to finish on, you know, for our students, which is, you know, telling them to think outside the square, think outside the box. You know, you're making telepresence robots, but that doesn't mean you can't think about how else it could absolutely empower uh, the current situation because companies need to evolve uh, as times are changing so rapidly. And um, I guess that's the thing we'd like to ask you to, to finish today, Tingzi. And that is about all of our student listeners who are out there. They're probably being inspired. You know, the teachers are going to go and inspire them with the stories that you've told today. And how can they then encourage their students to get into this world of coding, this world of robotics? What do you think that they could do now to begin to build their skills? What subjects are important? What skills are important? I encourage students to, who are interested in robotics um, to first focus on your fundamentals. The software side, it's easy to pick up a programming language. There's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of sample codes out there. But make sure that you know your basics, which is the data structures. Make sure you know your algorithms. What are the basic algorithms for searching, sorting? All these are still important concepts because at some point, you're going to need to optimize your application. You're going to need to optimize what you wrote as code. And without these fundamental skills, fundamental knowledge, then it's very difficult to take it to the next level. And of course, do not forget your math skills. Math skills are important, especially linear algebra, um, probability, statistics, all these are really important math skills for applications into um, AI and robotics. Uh. What a message, absolutely. And I, I think what you said before as well, Tingzi, rings, rings a message to all of us. And that is that not every student needs to know how to code, but they need to know the power of code and what it can do. And you know everything you've just said then really re-emphasizes that so that they know what's possible and what they could imagine and what they could invent. So now we're gonna get you to imagine a new to event. We're giving you a surprise question. You're joining <laughs> us in our T4L rocket ship and we are taking you up into outer space, what piece of technology would you take with you on an intergalactic journey? Good question. Could you fit Omni in there? I don't know. I don't know if mm. Omni's going to fit in the row in the, in the spaceship. It could be on the yeah. ground back with your family. Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I would say, you know, there's so much technology in the spaceship, right? You know, we are going on an intergalactic tour. There's so much technology on that spaceship it can probably satisfy any technology need that we will require during our trip. But what we need that is not available with technology is feeding our souls. We need a way to feed our souls. So I will not bring a piece of technology. I will instead bring an instrument. I will bring an instrument with myself so that I can, during our intergalactic trip, not only do I get technological needs satisfied, I have my personal need, my spiritual needs satisfied by playing my music instrument. Oh, but what instrument? It could be anything. Something small, I guess. A harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Something that fits into your pocket, right? It doesn't trigger the senses when you go through the intergalactic customs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tingzi, I think every one of the team will agree you have given this question the most thought of any of our guests over all of our 26 episodes. And um, that was beautiful. And you've made me really rethink what that question actually means. And you're so right. Only an engineer, 
I think, could actually uh, go into such depth and to such thought. So thank you for making us think. Thank you for providing a window to all of our listeners out there as to what goes into these exciting new robotics and technological innovations and also inspiring them to know that they can do it too and make it possible and giving them some tools to make it so. Tingzi Tan, thank you for joining us in the virtual staff room. Thank you, everybody. Zoe, Ben and Linda, what did you take away from Tingzi's story and the story of Omnilabs? What is the superpower of telepresence? Look, I think, Joe and Yvette, it's really exciting to see how we can have things like telepresence and the work of Omnilabs come into our schools and support our students where we might not be able to have a physical person there. We've seen it happen a lot with school counselling services and the like, and I think it's genuinely an exciting time to see how this type of technology advancement can support our students in schools. Mm, it's interesting, Linda, because even since um, I've been with T4L, we've watched, I guess, the mandate and the brief for telepresence within our schools change and grow even in that time. And I just think it's a lucky bonus to even be able to speak to people like Tingzi about their work with the company. And it's quite an insight to get into understanding how the technology is changing so rapidly and therefore that will change how we use them in schools and, and what the benefits can be for the students. Joe, you're quite close to this. Um, what do you think? It's really technology for good. And I know each and every day I'm uncovering a great new story for how we can use telepresence inside education uh, and beyond. You know, we've talked all about uh, students who, who are unwell. We've talked about the idea of, of beaming in experts uh, from around the globe and they continue to explode. Imagine, you know, where you could visit with a telepresence robot and that that tyranny of distance has suddenly declined. And we're in a world where resources are, you know, so very finite and the potential and awesomeness of telepresence, I think, is really starting to come to the fore uh, because it's more than just a Zoom call. It's the ability to control where you are, where you want to go, who you want to see, who you want to talk to and be there. And I just can't wait to see what turn telepresence takes next. So team, we've taken a little peek into what the power of code can do, but now it's time to empower our listeners out there with resources to kickstart Computer Science Week in their school. What do we have for their digital backpacks? Yvette? <laughs> Such a great question. Very timely, Joe. We have two brand new magazines which we've just released into the world in time for Hour of Code. So it's the first time we've done complementary editions. So magazine T4L complements T4L Kids and both are focused on Hour of Code and bringing it into your classroom. It's all focused on getting your students doing the activities that is getting coding developing computational thinking skills and pushing them towards actually getting their own certificate of completion and achievement to be a part of the global movement. So there are some really nice um, carrots and sticks in there to get your students involved. And not to mention, we've got a fabulous array of resources that have been created by our team, particularly for our students with the tools that they use. So um, I really encourage you to have a look at the latest issue of Mag T4L. And T4L Kids is just a stellar edition with um, so many things, which includes industry um, conversations with experts. And they're really interesting people, Linda, that we've managed to, to pull in for this to inspire the students. Yeah, I really like the inclusion in, in this edition of having three people that are working in the field talking about what they do in their role and, and learning more about them and their skill sets. I think that's a really great way to 
empower our students in understanding the different career paths they may go down and the different skills they may want to develop. And I think, Jo, you've been looking a bit at the career paths as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just, I love the way those magazines have tied together inspiration for where the future could take our students and then providing them with the tools to actually turn it into a reality. And I was looking for a little bit more inspiration and I came across the Amazing Careers with STEM magazine. And we'll make sure we pop a note uh, to it in the show notes, but it walks through all the different types of technology careers that are out there and the amazing ways that code, that STEM, all those key skills can actually lead to such a diverse array of careers and excitement. So I really encourage encourage you to go and check those out, share them with your students, and then get doing using all those resources in T4L Kids and T4L Magazine. So we've come to the end of another episode of the Virtual Staff Room. And to see us out, we have an awesome tip of techno wizardry wisdom. And we are lucky enough today to hear from someone who's going to give us some holiday tips and a way to do a little bit of a digital detox. Hi, my name is Adam Pullinger and I have the privilege of being both a member of the digital support team as part of the Rural Access Gap program and a part of the amazing STEM.T4L team as a STEM leader. It's been a huge year for screen time and online learning this year, and I think I can speak for everyone when I say we could all use some digital downtime and a break from the classroom or office, or for many of us, our newly established home classroom or workspace. I've got two great tips to help ourselves and our colleagues switch off during this holiday period. The first tip is to change some of our notification settings when it comes to work emails and notifications on our mobile devices. I'm not sure about you, but my notifications, especially on my mobile phone, are a great way to keep on top of work communications and be efficient. However, those same tools will so often pull us back into work when we are on a break. To turn off notifications on your mobile device for the holiday break, go to the settings, then the notifications section. Select the apps like Mail, Microsoft Teams, or any other services you use and turn off the notifications. Within those notification settings, you can also turn off the badges. You know those little red circles with the number of emails or messages waiting for you? There's nothing worse than seeing that number climb higher and higher each time you look at your phone throughout the holidays. The second tip, which helps look after our fellow teachers and colleagues, is the new send later feature for emails within Outlook. For some people, they just can't unwind until they've sent that final email for the next year, often with content that is only needed in the new year. You can find the send later feature by clicking the down arrow next to send. Then you can set a date and time for the message to be sent. This is a great tool to ensure we are communicating in an effective, respectful and timely manner. So let's be purposeful with switching off and taking a break this holiday season. I sure hope we've inspired and empowered every one of our listeners to get out there and discover the power of code and think about how it can be used to make the world just that little bit more awesome. And listeners, can you believe it? This is our last episode for 2021. And we want to thank you for everything you have done this year in schools across New South Wales, Australia and the world. The resilience you have shown, your supreme dedication and ingenuity, and of course, your willingness and awesomeness in embracing technology for learning. The whole T4L and virtual staff room team wish you the most amazing break with loads of time to recharge those energizers. And we can't wait to see you back here in the same virtual staff room place in 2022.
This podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Juice with the assistance and supreme coordination of many more awesome members of the T4L team. Before we go, please make sure you send us through your comments, your word of techno wizardry wisdom, and your thoughts for new guests and segments. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating so more and more educators find us and be inspired to get a little techie in the classroom. Stay awesome, get coding, and don't be afraid to think outside the box, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving.